Some of you might be aware of this series that has been produced over the last three seasons. And it's about the Gospels coming to life in storytelling. And the app that you can get is called The Chosen. And it really is looking at the humanness and real conversations that might have happened in every Gospel story as it follows the life of Jesus. The struggle of the disciples that are real life and their families. Also dealing with reality and seeing visually what it might have been like to oppose Jesus or to follow him and to love him. You know, I'm more of a visual person in learning. I get really a lot more out of that, and some of us might as well. I think we've heard this Samaritan story, most of us, for many years. And it becomes very sanitized, the Word of God. They left their nets. Everyone loved him. And he did good works. The end. How can that really transform our lives if we only do that? Sometimes you and I are going through heavy stuff right now, maybe. So we're not listening. Some of us are, oh, I wonder what kind of pancakes we're going to have today. huh? It just happens. We have things in our lives. Maybe we're not familiar or we've heard the story so many times like there's nothing new to know. I'll just wait until the homily and hopefully it's not too long. Huh? Today I want to show you the video of the same story, but I want you to look at the body language, the tone of voice, what the conversation, the real conversation might have been like between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. Let's take a look. Would you give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, would you ask her to drink from me, a Samaritan? And a woman? I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water 
will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity was excited to be married, but he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with, but you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know. 
but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. <laughs> you promise. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Water. You forgot your um. Rabbi, we got food. What would you like? Ah, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Who got you food? No one will be seen with me. Aren't I unclean to you? You have to preach to me. I've made mistakes. At least being here, I can escape being condemned. No matter where you're from or what you've done, I am here to break those barriers. You picked the wrong person. I'm rejected by others. I'm going to tell everyone. Just one thought to share with you today. And this affects everyone in two ways. No one's exempt from this today because we've had some kind of experience in worthiness. Some of us, maybe right now, or in the past, or maybe in the future, will question our worthiness. Will God really forgive me? If God knew what I've done wrong, if God understood the mistakes, or how unhappy I am, or not loved by other people, I'm not worthy. And I'm told that I can't participate, that I can't belong. I've shunned. And I just don't believe that I'm worthy. The other part are people that may be in our lives now or in the future, maybe in this moment or the past. We somehow feel the authority to tell other people you're not worthy. You're not living the right way. You didn't vote the right way. You're not living the faith the right way. How can God accept you? You give pain to God when you participate, when we all know that you're broken and sinful. Don't live in this house because you revealed who you really are. Leave. Somehow these people feel the authority in God's name to tell people they're not worthy. 
until they get their act together. And so here we are. What does that woman teach us? Could you see the pain? You know, it's easy to have a theology that exempts people. Because when you never have to see someone face to face, know who they are, know their story, or see the anguish, it's easy to tell people, these people can't be here. These people can't come to the table. These people are not pleasing God. How can Jesus ever be with them until they fix their lives? When you have to see someone face to face and grasp, I think our hearts are pooled. I think that's what happened to Jesus. And so two things about this worthiness that we need to look at. When do we feel unworthy? Is there any sin you've ever committed, any mistake you've ever done, ever been told by people that you are not really Catholic or Christian or follower? Have you ever questioned your worthiness? Are you wounded right now so much because life or people or your mind has told you things that you're not loved, especially our young people who are thinking of taking their own lives. Why? Because people have deemed them unworthy, and for other reasons. Maybe we can learn that we're always worthy. And maybe we can kind of let go of that old thing, who's in the state of grace and who's not. What poor theology. What poor theology. As if God withholds. We, make, we treat God as a human being. He's just like me. He gets mad when I do. And we, we like the parts of the Old Testament where he judges people and kills them all. Now, you haven't read the whole Bible. You've got to make it to the end. Back pages. Then... Maybe at times you and I can be people who judge harshly the worthiness. That somehow we feel that God or the church or our position of leadership have given us the authority to tell people, you're not worthy, you're not included. And that woman says, I've been rejected by others. Are you here to condemn me, Do? And you know, when you go home today and you run into Christians or you hear about them, there are many who bear the name of Christ who are ready to condemn some even are at Mass today, and some who will be condemned are here at Mass today. Where did we get this authority? Where do we get this justification to tell people you're not included? And so, this gospel touches everyone, whether we feel worthy or not whether we judge people worthy or not. I think Jesus says this all in today's gospel and today's video that you and I could see with our own eyes.